I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first of two rugby pods this week. Joining me for this episode is Steve Cording from The Evening Standard. Hi, Steve. Hi, Lawrence. How are you? Just come back from France, I understand, but not watching rugby this weekend. No, no, no rugby World Cup, but I did find myself winding my way back to Paris for the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe, my first ever Prix de l'Arc, um, which was on Sunday, and the last one for the great Frankie de Tori, who sadly couldn't bring in a winner, but he he is going to be riding, I think, at Ascot sometime in the future as well. But it was won by the favourite, which I backed. Well, it was a good Ace. thing when you backed the favourite. Impact, yeah. yeah, three to one. So it's good value. Wonderful horse, three-year-old. And uh, yeah, we had a, a few little uh, beverages to celebrate. How did it compare to uh, going to Ascot? Then I've never been to a horse racing meet over somewhere else. Is it similar or different? It's just great to have a Longchamp race course right in the middle of Paris. So uh, yeah, it, it's not... Uh, quite the, the top hat and tails thankfully because it was 27 degrees in France um, which is which made the ground hard but uh, yeah I uh, I put a suit on and uh, thoroughly enjoyed myself I mean I'm not sure that the race meeting was only one day but we seem to end up in Paris for three but that was uh, that was great fun and obviously um, it's been a busy week because uh, we released Grand Slammers on ITV yes. which was uh, two episodes where myself and eight of my colleagues from 2003 the likes of uh, Martin Johnson Ben Cohen Jason Robinson Will Greenwood uh, Phil Vickery Matt Dawson we had a really really interesting journey hopefully people have seen it it's on ITVX going into Mount Prison and working with inmates using the values of rugby really to help them to turn their lives around. So, uh, yeah, really amazing story and, and uh, you know, hopefully everyone gets to watch it. Yeah, well well worth watching. I've uh, watched both when they went out live. It's not often that you watch TV live these days, but it was one of those ones that you, you felt that you had to. And I have to say the reaction on social media has just been phenomenal in terms of the positivity that's come out of it. It was such a well-made programme. So, yeah, well done you for your part in it. Well, just, just a quick last one on that. I mean, I think a lot of people will be saying, you know, why should we be helping prisoners, um, they should just serve their time. But you do feel that there has to come a point in any one sentence where punishment has got to end and rehabilitation has to start. Um, and if, you know, re-offending rates are at 60% at the moment. So clearly, whatever's being done uh, is not working very well. It's a bit of a busted flush, the prison system. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed it. And uh, I would recommend anyone to watch it. <laughs> Well, a bit later, we'll be chatting to the Evening Standard rugby correspondent Nick Puruel to find out all the latest from the England camp. But before that, the first of our special guests this week, he was one of my former teammates at Wasps, earned 70 caps for Scotland and is now 
taking on an incredible challenge in the memory of the great Doddy Weir. It is my good man, Kenny Logan. Kenny, um, how are you first? Hi, mate. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. A bit tired, got to be honest. But I'm good shape, feeling good. Uh, now, listen, tell us about this challenge for Doddy. Um, amazing. Day two, this is today, of how many days in total? Seven days. So we left Murrayfield on Sunday, and the challenge is we cycle walk, cycle walk all the way there, and we arrive with a match ball on Saturday for the Scotland Island game. So um, it's called the Kenny Logan Rugby World Cup Challenge. We've got the likes of Ali McCoy's doing it, uh, Jimmy Nesbitt doing it, um, Gabby, my wife, Kirsty's doing it. We've got Jason Fox, Jamie Bamber, and then a whole lot of other people from different periods of Doddy's foundation and supporters. So it's it's been good. First day was tough, 105 miles into Newcastle. And we did that and we felt really good. But then I realised there's still 600 miles to go. So I thought, well, this is going to be a long week. <laughs> well, I, I remember, Kenny, you came on uh, a few days in Scotland of the bike ride that, that I I did. But uh, this is an altogether very different challenge, isn't it? You Your first day was cycling. And then you've obviously, how far have you walked today? So we did a 50-mile walk today, which wasn't too bad, actually. It was quite flat. Some of the walks are pretty steep. And then you know, and I think the thing, you know, it's like when you're on the bike, you get yourself into a bit of a rhythm. And then today we were off the bike, so you sort of like walking and you get, it was just weird. We were on our feet for a long time. Everybody feels a bit tired and a bit sort of a bit grumpier than they were the day before. But I'm actually looking forward to get back on the bike again tomorrow. Have you got the actual match ball with you? Is it strapped to the back of your bike? Yeah, strapped to the back of the bike, and it's not on the bike, it's on my rucksack. So yeah, it's always with me, which is good. You better not drop it then. Well, you know me, lol. Fair chance. <laughs> well, the other thing I was going to say is that Ali McCoy, um, I, I wouldn't say he's in the, in the in the shape of his life at the moment. Would that be fair to say? Well, uh, he's lost about a stone and a half. Has he? He looks good. He looks good. He, honestly, he's half the man he used to be. He looks well. He was really, today, and he felt really good, the bike. So yeah, I think... Um, it's, I think the other thing is he did keep phoning me up going, I, I, I think trying to call off. And I kept going, oh, you'll be fine, Alistair. Don't worry. You've committed now. You've got to do it. Um, but it's, it's been good fun, actually. You know, it's like Lons. You get good crack. Yeah. I, said to, uh, I said to Ali that uh, if he needs a rest, just carry a little box of um, drawing pins in his back pocket so he can just throw them under your bike. And, you, and then, then he'd get himself a, little, <laughs> exactly. get himself a little rest. He has told me to slow down a couple of times. We all know that Doddy was such an incredible character. Um, you and he were great friends. Um, just give us a, a, an idea of your abiding memories of, of Doddy, because you obviously grew up with him playing for Scotland, etc. But uh, more recently, before his tragic passing, you've been so heavily involved in this MND campaign and, and the setting up of the foundation. You've seen his family, etc. What, what's your abiding memories? Uh, I think there's two memories, Doddy. One of it is humour and laughter and always having a good laugh around the camp. Obviously, the end was his bravery and his ability to make people listen to him about something he was going through. I think at the start when he got M&D, he was searching for something for him and he, re he realised very quickly it wasn't about him. It was about whoever gets M&D tomorrow or the next day. He was about how does he find something for the future, which must have been hard for him because he wanted to find a cure. When you get M&D and you're told to just go home and spend time with your family because you, you probably won't be here in a year and a half's time, it's very hard. And I think his mental strength and his ability to bring people together and say, right, this is not good enough. And I think um, 
certainly from my own perspective, when I got diagnosed with prostate cancer, my diagnosis is so different from somebody who'd been told, right, we'll get it out and we can treat you and you'll be fine. And that's what MND, which we've got to try and have that feeling for MND sufferers. You know, it's amazing. And one of the things that I found really amazing during this journey, when we were coming into Scotland, the, the people peeping the horn and cheering, when we went into England, it got bigger. There was more peeping, there was more cheering. And we were on our bikes and we couldn't believe the amount of people just peeping horns going, come on, Kenny, come on, Doddy. It just continued right through. You wouldn't have thought it went through a border. So the, the feeling he'd left people in, all over the world who had met Doddy, and you know that, uh, Lowell, he just left you with a smile. And his bravery and courage was the bit that I'll never forget him, him fighting right to the end. And he always said, continue this legacy. Please try and do something with this foundation. And, and that's enthusiasm from everybody. You know, I was, I was speaking to Jason Fox today about it and he just said, I just want to be part of the journey. How can we make an, an impact and make a difference? And it, it's fundraising. Well, listen, lots of people can be part of the journey. We want the spirit of Doddy to, uh, to carry through. It's amazing what you've done. How can people donate if they want to support this wonderful cause? If you can just go to Kenny Logan Rugby World Cup Challenge on um, Just Given, you'll see it all there. Or go to my Instagram, um, Kenny Logan Rugby World Cup Challenge, and um, you can donate there. I think just getting back to a funny story about uh, Doddy, it was the 95 World Cup, and we were there 10 days before, and we were told not to really go out for a couple of beers, but Doddy, Gavin, Craig Chalmers, and myself said, so we'll just nip out for one or two. And um, the so head of security because I need to come with you because we, you know, so we're in the, we're in this sort of nightclub stroke bar and he's, the guy was called Cully and Cully says just just keep a low profile. And as I turn round, Doddy's got his top off on top of the bar shouting, "Lads, get over here! It's mental. We love it." And I said, "You've got more of a problem. You need to get Doddy off the bar." So Doddy was like a real entertainer, and that's one thing we try to do with the foundation when we do these events. We've got to enjoy ourselves because that's what it's all about. So, Kenny, obviously, we want to keep the spirit of Doddy going. I think the challenge, you, it, it's an incredible challenge, and well done to you and everyone who's taking part. Obviously, you, um, Steve has mentioned you're carrying the match ball uh, to the Stade de France on Saturday for Scotland's, well, now crucial game against Ireland. Um, I mean, it, f- it feels like we haven't seen much of Scotland in this tournament because the way that their fixtures were bookended, South Africa at the beginning and Ireland at the end. Um, you're probably still close to quite a few of the guys. How, how are you feeling I mean, they're up against it, right? They've got a, they're up against a tough team in Ireland. Um, but it'll be, a, it'll be a feisty game, all right? I think it will be. I think I spoke to Greg the other day and I think the players are probably a little bit disappointed in how they played in the second half against South Africa. Um, and obviously the Tonga games and the Romania games are always going to be games they're going to win. They need a performance that they want to stand and say, well, at least we give it a good crack. And I said, the, the South Africa second half just wasn't the Scotland we know. They know they've got to go and score tries and try and stop Ireland scoring Ireland are a great side. We all know they're number one. They've been very good in this competition so far. But Scotland are a good team. And I think everybody knows that Scotland have got the ability to go out and beat some of the best teams in the world. And at the weekend, if we turn up and we get things right, Ireland could be in trouble. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Where do you see the main threats coming from? I mean, obviously, um, Darcy Graham put in a fantastic performance last weekend. Is he somebody who can threaten the Irish? Would you would you actually make too many changes from the team that played against South Africa? Um, I think from a back division point of view, it, is, it quite easily picks itself. I think Darcy will start um, because of his ability. And he knows the Irish boys he plays against from week in, week out. You've got Van der Merve, you've got Kinghorn. You've got, I mean, Scotland's back division is a very potent back division. Up front, it's going to be a tough up front. You know, I think it's going to be, they're going to have to match some in many areas. I think Ireland played against South Africa, they really did give the Springboks a, a, a really good um, match up front. And we know that that's something that we have to match them because if we don't match them up front, we haven't got a chance. And if we've got that match up front, the back division, Finn Russell's obviously a key member of this team. He probably feels he, you know, against South Africa, he was he was good in the first half. He got that little knock under his ribs. He didn't really perform that well after that. He struggled a little bit. He's a big game player. You know, we, he'll want to try and do one over Johnny Sexton. Johnny's obviously last the whole game. He doesn't stay on the pitch for the whole time. He tends to stay on until the job's done and comes off. So I, I generally think that Finn will have a big part to play. I think Finn showed a lot of maturity. He's kicking the ball more. He's putting the team in good positions. We know that if we lose this, we're out, we've gone. And that'll be two World Cups in a row that we've been out in the pool matches. So I think the players will, will step up this week. And, and they definitely want to prove that, you know, Lawrence, you know they're a good team. They are a good rugby team. They, they're on the bad side of the draw. They deserve to be in the quarterfinal against some of these big teams. So, you know, sadly, we're going to lose a, a big team top five team in, in, in the pool stages but that is what it is but Scotland have got the chance but we the back row is going to be a massive you know Dempsey's been playing well uh, Richie's he needs to have a big game he's been playing well but he needs to really lead from the front yeah Kenny talking uh, about uh, massive I saw your son Ruben warming up with Northampton <laughs> I saw, I saw North, uh, Northampton Saints yeah. in the Premiership Cup what, what was it like seeing him make his debut for the in the Premiership Cup because uh, it, it's a very proud moment for the for you Gabby and the whole family yeah, he played. He came off the bench uh, play against um, Cambridge, and it was really good because it, it's something he's always wanted to do. As a young boy, he's always going to want to be like you, Dad. And I know you're a lot bigger than me, and you're actually quicker than me, and you're in the back row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was a really proud moment for all of us. But he's enjoying the journey. You know, he, he played for England under 18s this year, whoa. which was a bit whoa, odd. Whoa, whoa, to be so, honest. So, you're, so what we're saying <laughs> is you're you're supporting England now. Is that is that what we're saying? Well, I don't I don't ever that. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, that's for sure. Um, no, no, I, it's a proud moment. I think you know from Ruben's point of view, I just want him to enjoy it. You know, I think the, the most important. I don't. I, he doesn't need any pressure about where you're going to play. He needs to go and enjoy his rugby and see what happens. And you know, he really enjoyed the the England experience. Um, it was very hard for me watching the game. Going, I would be going, "Come on, um, um, Ruben!" <laughs> so it was very hard for me to shout. I, mean, I don't think I'd be shouting, "Come on, England!" But no, it was a great experience for him and he's on a great journey and he's at a really good club. Um, he was at Wasps, so he'd gone through that whole horrible feeling that he didn't think he'd get a club and like a lot of players um, in that situation and players who did play for Wasps. So I think um, 
you know, he's, he's, he's really looking forward to the next chapter and he'll be out and loan now to, he's putting it Hinkley at the moment. So he's enjoying it all. It's good. And listen, Kenny, you must, your powers of recovery uh, are as good as they've always been. I'm assuming you've got a nice bath ready for you now and a nice uh, pint of Guinness or something like that waiting at the bar. Well, to be honest with you, on the, on the walk today, we did stop a little bit early for a pint yeah. um, because Koisa says you've got to stop for a pint. <laughs> so we stopped a little bit early today for one pint and came back in a nice bath and we've had some massages. So ready for a bit of food and a little bit of liquid. Yeah. Kenny, I know it's it's obviously your priority is about Doddy on this journey, but um, my father suffered from prostate cancer as well um do you feel like now that you're almost doing twofold because obviously raising awareness around prostate cancer at the same time is, is just as important isn't it going forward yeah it's very important right i said earlier you know that i think 75 percent of people that get cancer nowadays there's a, there's a cure or there's something that can make an impact and i've i've been very vocal with prostate and and I've said to them, they've tried to get me involved. And I said, I will help and I'll speak. But I said, I want to do something with my mate because he set something up that I want to see. I would like to see an impact in it. And I think that I will help raise awareness. And I'm, I'm really grateful what happened to me. And I was lucky that I got it at the right time in the treatment. A great surgeon would. We did a great job and I feel totally normal and back to what I was before. But my heart is really thinking about Doddy and the other people with MND because when he set this up, it was it was about making an impact, and he's certainly done that. And you know, maybe four or five years time, they could have something that could make a big change to people's life with M and D. Well, listen, we've uh, I mean, we lost our own Paul Rendell at Wasps, Ed Slater's diagnosed with M and D, Rob Burrow. So the fight goes on, Kenny. We wish you all the very best for the next few days. I know. You're, you're as tough as old boots, mate. It's going to be hard. All the way down through England over to France. We hope you raise lots of money for a fantastic cause. Good luck, my friend. Uh, and we'll catch up with you very, very soon. And we'll get everyone donating. Thank you. Cheers, Lawrence. Good luck, Kenny. Good Thanks, luck. guys. Steve, I'm still playing catch-up on the games from the weekend. I did get a glimpse of Australia. Um, so would you do the honour of choosing our big match moment of the week? The Big Match Moment with the Samsung Galaxy Tab S9 Ultra. Bring the big match to an expansive display. I think given that we've had Kenny Logan on as a guest, uh, I'm going to go for Scotland 84, Romania 0. And the four tries scored by, as I've heard him describe today, the dazzling Darcy Graham. Uh, he's now got 24 in just 38 tests and he's closing in on that record of Stuart Hogg's, which is uh, 27 tries for his country. So yeah, definitely Darcy Graham for me. Yeah, good choice, Steve. That Darcy Graham. Let's hope um, Scotland can take that sort of form forward into that Ireland match this weekend. Joining us now uh, is the Evening Standards rugby correspondent, Nick Perua. Nick, um, how are you first? Hi, Lawrence. I'm very good, thank you. So the England squad have had a bit of time off to relax and recuperate. Uh, how's that been for them? And what's the news coming out of the camp with regard to the week ahead? Yeah, England had three or four days off and then the players got back into things at the back end of last week. So they trained a Friday and across the weekend. So I think the main thing was that the players were trusted to go across France and, and, and do whatever they wanted to really have a few days off and to do that and to do that sensibly and then come back and, and keep their heads on really. And, and they've all managed to do that. Everyone's come back into the fold, into the camp, I think refreshed. Everyone was able to see their family. So that gave them a, an important break and they're just feeling quite chipper off the back of that really. Uh, 
the sun's back out in the 2K. It's it's very nice again. So I think England are always happy to come back here because it's a bit of a bubble, really, almost a safe haven. It's very different from other parts of France, and it's somewhere where they can sort of relax and switch off and, and bring the tempo down from the World Cup uh, madness elsewhere. So that allows them to bring the level down, just relax and then focus in uh, on training, which they, which they are doing. And now they'll build all of that back up again towards summer on Saturday in Lille. And as we know, they've already qualified for the quarterfinals, taking top spots in the group. In my opinion, they need to start getting some consistency in their selection. But what do you think Steve Borthwick will decide about his starting 15 for the next game? I think they'll go for strength. And I think there's a number of reasons for that. Like you say, they need the uh, cohesion time. They need the, the, the time on the pitch together with their strongest lineup. Um, but also, it's not in Steve Borthwick's nature to... Uh, take anything that might be considered a risk and this one school of thought that says you would hold players back because you wouldn't want them to get injured against the physical side like Samoa but equally England though they need to keep building week on week and keep getting better and they are aware of the fact that there's a gap between where they are at the moment and the level at which the best teams in the world are right now so they need the match time and they need the opportunity to play together and keep building that cohesion, keep building that attacking game. And so this is a great opportunity to do that. And also to show Samoa the, the utmost respect because they know it's going to be a very difficult game. You know, if England play to their capability, they'll win this game. But Samoa have a lot of very dangerous players, very physical players. They absolutely love the confrontational side of the game. And so in that respect, England will be in for a very, very tough examination at the weekend. And I think to that end, they need their strongest players on the field to deploy them and let them off of the leash and see what they can do. Samoa have only played 11 official tests between 2019 and 2023 World Cups. And there have been, quite rightly, a lot of conversations about how we need to give more support to some of the so-called Tier 2 nations. Has that been a talking point on the ground over there? Yeah, it's something that came up this week as well. And, and England players have been quizzed on on, on exactly that. And uh, Jamie George and Mario Toje have both said they'd love to tour Samoa with England if that would become... Or, or any of the Pacific Island nations, if that would become a, a genuine possibility in future. And it's certainly one of the things that is hoped for as a result of the global calendar negotiations. But we can caveat that with the fact that they've been negotiating the mythical global calendar for more than 10 years. If it actually comes off and the Nations League competition that World Rugby have talked about that would be played in June and July and then November, that would replace the two international windows at that time. So what would happen then is there'd be... The traditional tours, summer tours from the Northern Hemisphere to the Southern Hemisphere would, would stop. But in, so instead of England playing a three-test series in Australia, they might play Australia one week, New Zealand the next, and then ideally Fiji, Samoa or Tonga the week after. And then you've got this um, league system that works and happens across two windows in, in, in the calendar year. And the beauty of that, if it were to work, would be that that would give teams like England an opportunity to play teams like Samoa, Fiji and Tonga more frequently, but not only more frequently, hopefully, potentially play them in their home country. So Samoa versus England in Apia, for example, would be phenomenal. I mean, I don't see any reason why that can't happen. Obviously, infrastructure could be an issue. The key stumbling block will always be money because, quite obviously, it's not an 80-plus thousand-seater stadium that's going to sell out at Twickenham prices. But the game has to look beyond that. And this is one of the things that um, you know people were talking about. Maritoje spoke really 
beautifully, I thought, when he was saying his hope would be that um, the gap between tier one and tier two nations comes to the point where there are no tier two nations and we don't talk about a two-tier uh, structure. And I mean, although that's maybe a pipe dream at this point, the sentiment isn't lost on on anyone who would agree with that and certainly would be welcomed by, you know, the so-called lesser nations who, who don't have the resources of, of an RFU or an England. Um, because it's important that I think players who are in the game at the moment are thinking in that way potentially these are guys who might very well be either international coaches or world administrators of tomorrow and the fact that they're thinking along these lines now i think it augurs well for the future of the game but let's just hope in the short to the medium term that the people who are charged with those decisions now can put the building blocks in place for those things to happen well enjoy the week ahead nick thank you very much yes you too uh, we'll catch up with you next time hopefully after another england victory so we'll be back again tomorrow where Sarah Elgin will be joining us in the studio and it'll be hard hats at the ready as we welcome our special guest, Nick Knowles. He'll be chatting to us about his love affair with rugby and what he's been enjoying about the World Cup so far in France. And who knows, maybe he'll even be sharing a few DIY tips with us too. <laughs> I certainly need them. We'll also be looking ahead to the last of the pool games and who we think will be heading into the Rugby World Cup quarterfinals. So make sure you join us. Thanks for listening and see you soon. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions.